0: I don't think people come here for personal updates, but I record this one before I... I should do it in McBee. It would actually make more sense. Uh, but this is the one I record first, so it's almost like the beginning of my day. Therefore, I'm more status update oriented. Or maybe I should do both. There you go. It's just double up my content with half the thought, which is what real content creation is all about. Uh, my My personal health journey uh you might notice some red marks around my face there i don't know if you can see i got i took one in the eye over there went back to judo first time in two years i fought a real black belt again and uh i have enough ice wrapped around my waist on my back that my lower back is now completely numb um, I won, but what I've realized now over the last couple of weeks is that the price for winning is now significantly higher than it used to be. It used to be that I would win and, uh, you know, it, maybe I would be sore, but there was no damage done. Whereas now I'm getting to a point where I can win because, because I still have the mental skills and the knowledge to do the things. Just my body's not as capable of doing the things that I was doing before. Thus, I am in a unique situation where uh, it sometimes I hurt myself to, to win. And I know that my opponent, who is technically losing, is suffering much less than I am today. So if I suddenly just fall over, it's because my back has gone completely numb and I can't move my torso anymore. That is not the only update. This is, this is, uh, that's the update on me. And again, I really, I think what I want to explain is maybe there's an energy shift. I'm always pretty low key. Some days like this, it might be worse. So an update for the podcast though. The end of last week's episode, I taught, like I've been back ending most of the episodes with creepy dude stories. And last week was teacher writes evaluation for students, and then in addition to an uh, academic evaluation, added in a personal evaluation of a sexual nature. Like The one I remember is that she's luscious, which is a very interesting word choice. And so I, I did this, I read the story, the contents of the story, the things that happened, and then I was supposed to comment on it. That's sort of what we do here at Engineers Japan. I give you a story, I give you some color commentary, and then we move on. Uh, And I found the problem being that I had very little to offer in commentary. I didn't have anything to say. I think maybe the problem is I've done so many gross dude stories, I said everything. And I don't want to just say the same thing over and over and over again. Like week to week, I don't want to just make the exact same statements over and over again. So I'm not putting a kibosh. I'm not blacklisting creepy dude stories. I could never do that to the creepy dudes of the world. I will probably be doing them less. I went through a phase where I didn't talk about panty theft. And that was because I had said everything I wanted to say about panty theft. Now, if I find a guy who's done something new and creative and interesting that I can comment on, I will do that story. But I think you're going to find, at least for the next few weeks, like a, a, a period where I am not doing creepy dude stories at the end of every episode so that's what you came here for i apologize uh go back and listen to every single other old episode there's like 220 now you'll 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 have lots uh but i think you might find you run into the same thing i am is that i'm just now going ooh gross i don't want to Last week, it was like, usually as a joke, I'll give criminals advice, but because it's like abusing children almost, I like even the joke wasn't comfortable for me. That's just something I want people to know. that it, It's a conscious choice which stories I do and don't do. Uh, so I'm not saying no to creepy dude stories. I'm saying they have to have something interesting. And that interesting might be like a new law. It might be uh, they've done something in a a weird way. Then we will absolutely deep dive into a a creepy dude. Which is really gross, what I just said. But now on to the news for realsies. A journalist who became a symbol of the Me Too movement in Japan received 550,000 yen From a lawmaker. This was court ordered. It's not like this was like out of the goodness of his heart. It was court ordered because he liked tweets defaming her on Twitter. So basically, there was someone on Twitter saying like, this is, yeah." of course, they're going to use like really negative language. They're just like, this is a bad person. I think she's lying. I think she's a bad person. I don't believe her. This government official, this lawmaker, this minister, liked those tweets. That was brought to... To court because his influence increased the noticeability of those tweets. Those tweets then were part of the harassment package that she was suing against. So then he was included. This is the first instance of someone having to pay damages for liking a post online. I don't use Facebook a lot. Facebook used to only have like. And then so it'd be like, my... Father has cancer. And the question is, do you like that? Because you want to show that you've read it, you have sympathy. Maybe you don't have the words to say it. But of course, liking it felt strange so that this sort of very serious thing may have had. Like, I I didn't like a lot of stuff because I'm like, I don't like that. Uh, I just want to acknowledge that you had it. I don't use this kind of social media very much. But in this case, the like button, it's the little heart on Twitter is saying, I like this tweet, I want to promote it, I want other people to see it, uh, that's significant. The judge said that this lawmaker has a history of ridiculing and criticizing the woman, the journalist, before liking the posts. So this isn't, like, isolated. He's not saying that this this punishment is, is singularly because this person liked the, tw- the tweets. He's saying that there was a history of this. This is where it came to a head, where we have actual like documented proof that you were involved. That's what you're being punished for. So it's almost interpretive, which is an interesting way to look at the law. Because we tend to look at the law as, what is the letter of the law? Did you break the law? Now you're being punished. This is like, no, no, you've shown that you're kind of a dick. We didn't have written down proof that you were a dick, but everyone kind of knew it. Now you've liked these tweets. That proves you're a dick. Give this lady some money. So, the tweet was designed to intentionally harm her. And he liked that intent, the thing that was intent, intentionally designed to harm the woman. Therefore, he is culpable in this situation. So, that's a very interesting thing. Cyberbullying has become a big issue in Japan. They've made laws to make it more restrictive. Uh, you basically just can't just shit on people anymore. Uh, if you can, they can sue you. That You can actually end up going to court. Uh, It's a different world from the free speech America that people talk about mostly on the internet. Again, America having probably the most influence on the internet. When we learn or know about laws, quite often it's American laws. It's important to know the difference in different countries, especially if you're going to interact with people who live there or you're going to be there. I'm wondering if I started getting harassed online from someone not in Japan, if Japanese laws are applicable. It hasn't happened yet, I, I and I hope it never does. Like, I don't actually want that for anyone. But let's say I say something controversial, and people come after me, and they defame me. If they were Japanese, I could use these laws to sue them. If they were not Japanese, how does it apply? Would be an interesting thing. Uh, again, I'm hoping it doesn't go that far. Uh, right now, it's Japanese people, because this is all Japanese language, is probably why it's uh, easier to prosecute but if it became international in a way i'm wondering how japanese courts would react because i bet they would say well this is outside our jurisdiction but you know it's uh it's one of those things uh uh, we've gone this far i'm wondering how far it will actually go the shibuya annual halloween party so this hasn't happened the last two years because apparently there's like a, a flu going around or something Uh, They've they've tried to change the rules. They want to make it safer. So the last two years, because of the pandemic, there's been no Halloween party allowed. So if you went out there, the police would probably shush you away. They want to make it no drinking in public from 6 p.m. to 5 a.m. from October 28th to November 1st. So today is October 25th when I'm recording this. That in itself isn't so bad. They're saying, like, we don't want people on the streets drinking. We don't want people on the streets drunk. They've had, you know, parties get out of hand and the street parties and whatnot. So that is problematic. They kind of trash the place. Uh, What do we do about it? Well, we get rid of alcohol. The interesting, the most interesting aspect of this for me was they are asking convenience stores to voluntarily stop selling alcohol for this period, which means you can't walk into a convenience store and buy beer or any other alcohol. But of course, beer and alcohol are how these companies make a significant sum of money like from the drunk people who just wanna stay drunk or get drunker. So that's a very big ask. Uh, They're not offering any sort of compensation in lieu They are just saying, please don't sell people alcohol during this period. So I'm interested to see if the convenience stores comply. Because here's an interesting thing. Let's say 90% of the convenience stores comply. And then the 10% doesn't. That 10% is going to make a ton of money that night. Because all the drunk people are very quickly going to figure out where they can go to get more alcohol. So you would actually... Or everyone is going to have the same idea. That idea I just had. And then... Everyone's just going to sell it, and it's just going to be a completely normal night. But then they're just ignoring what the police have requested them to do. The mayor is hoping that people will celebrate in an orderly manner. Uh, I think the mayor is being probably purposely a bit naive. Because, let's face facts, the uh, the mayor should have looked at previous years when people get drunk. Like, they set a car on fire. they They pushed cars over. Uh, and I, I don't like to be one of those, like, foreigners in Japan who hates on other foreigners, but Halloween brings out a lot of foreigners and their worst instincts, and uh, drinking in public is legal here, and because something's allowed doesn't mean you should do it, and they do. So I don't want to get too judgy, but when I see the news stories, uh, it's always a foreigner pushing a car over, it's not the japanese people don't start it but at the same time i think i talked about this last week or two weeks ago japanese news media sensationalizes the foreigners committing crimes as like a, a theme or trope so being aware of japanese media bias also means that maybe they do six hours of camera roll and they edit out all the bits with japanese people and they only use the bits of foreigners because that's more exciting interesting news uh, and therefore, it gets pushed to the forefront. Uh, I haven't been to a Halloween party in a while. Not that I haven't. I actually no, I haven't been invited. So maybe I should be sad now. I was about to say because I'm you know old. I found this very weird. There was an unemployed couple, and they've been arrested. They had twenty. They had more than twenty-seven mini dashons. So twenty-seven is sort of the ones they've linked directly to the couple. That's why they are getting in trouble. But the police know the number is more than 27. So I have 27 plus written down. They decided to just go to a park. There was a waste collection point and just drop a bunch off there. They went to some vacant lots and they dropped some off there. And then they just started abandoning them in the streets over the course of three days. So they were like, "Ah, oh, it's too noticeable if we drop 27 mini dash huns next to this garbage part in a park and then run away so we'll do some here and some there and some all around the street but you got to think about this town now has this weird infestation of mini dachshunds. which where do they come from that's weirdly terrifying like i don't know what's going on here so the police figured this out they have like cameras and they have reports and stuff so they've they, they've connected it to them they are fining them two hundred thousand yen per dog So for 27 dogs, so it's 27 dogs confirmed, that is 5.4 million yen. So the question is, why did they have so many? That was not answered. But of course, my thinking is they had sort of a puppy mill and uh, they were trying to sell them. But then you get to this weird point where they just dump them. Now, I don't claim to be a great economist. I don't claim to really understand... How to make a massive profit? Because if I did, I would probably not be sitting here podcasting as a hobby for with no sponsors. <laughs> uh, but what I do know is that if you already have a product, it is better to get some money for it than no money. So if they'd if they had sold these dashons at a thousand yen each, so dogs in Japan tend to go for incredibly high prices, uh, Dave. My dog uh, was not that expensive. He was about 10,000 yen total because we got him. He's a rescue and we got him. We were basically rescuing the dog, which is very nice. We're a very kind uh, and gentle family. But you'd be better off making some money than no money. So just dumping them in the garbage is zero benefit. And I assume they've already put some money into like feeding them and stuff. So why did they dump the dogs? Because I'm like, sell them at a deep discount. At least get some of your money back. Uh, you've paid for, let's say, I don't know how old these Dashens were, but they were feeding them, I assume, every day. I don't know how healthy they were. But again, they didn't mention it, so they didn't seem to be malnourished or mistreated too severely. Sell them at a couple thousand yen each. And people will buy them. People buy dogs all the time. And at least get some money for them. I don't, that's, it's just, it's mind-boggling to me that you wouldn't make something. It doesn't have to be a lot, but... And again, at a loss, I'm sure, but it's at, at a loss of 30 40% versus at a loss of 100%. One is better than the other. This is a sort of not... It's not an all or nothing game here. This is offsetting your costs as best you can, which might not be much, but at least it's something. So I think this might be the reason this couple is unemployed. is because they don't make good financial decisions uh, and throwing all their money into Dashunds may have not been the most economically sound decision they've ever made in their life. This was weird. I want to know the reasoning for this. So a 37-year-old man was walking by a junior high school and uh, the gate, there's a front gate in Japanese high schools. And it was open because it was in later afternoon and the kids were basically going home. He walks in and he pulls out a 120-centimeter 120 bamboo training sword. So you've, you've probably seen those in anime and stuff. Uh, and he just starts bonking kids with it. So he didn't get that many. He got the two boy. He got two boys and one girl were hit in the head. So maybe they had like minor injuries. the The bamboo sword is designed to not. It's not solid. It's actually like strips of bamboo kind of taped together. Basically, it makes a really loud sound. So it's good for kendo practice because you know when you've contacted something, but you're not doing the other person any sort of significant damage. They have another practice sword that's just a big piece of wood. Which if you hit someone with that, I mean, it's a, basically a thin baseball bat. It would hurt. So these kids, I'm sure it hurt. I don't want to, like, diminish what happened. And it's scary. This dude rolling in with a sword and just started whacking people. But I guarantee everyone's going to survive. So 20 years from now, it's just going to be a really weird story they tell when they're drunk. A kid ran upstairs and started telling some some people in the school. I assume teachers. Uh, two teachers came out. And then another one came out, who's the judo teacher? And I was like, this must be a dream come true because this guy, his life, I again, my my beginning of the day, I, I talked about judo. But I mean the opportunity to go take someone down for real who has a training sword. So it's like, it's risky, but it's not because it's still just a training sword. So you just like block the sword, throw the guy, take him to the ground. Oh, oh you'd feel so good after that. So I, I it's not like I, I wish for these things to happen. Uh, My wife once said, why do you never lock the door? And I'm like, man, I just want him to come in. I just need an excuse. (laughs) Which, you know, what's going to happen is someone's going to come in and just beat my ass because I have to ice my entire back all day. So he was subdued was the word they used. But I'm betting he was tossed to the ground pretty hard on concrete uh, and it sucked. He was arrested. They said when they arrested him, he was just making nonsensical statements. But then when he sort of like got it together, he said, I was arrested, but I forgot what happened. I forgot seems to, they seem to think it's sort of this weird catch-all that will actually get them out of jail. Uh, Interesting fact, it doesn't. So the Fast and the Furious franchise is not what I would consider peak art. Uh, But, and then gone in 90 seconds, seconds. So it's car thieves in these movies. Or people who street race or things. They love cars. They know about cars. They know a lot about cars. Apparently, that is part of the fiction. Because in real life, sometimes car thieves don't know that much about cars. Or not enough to keep their stolen car uh, from being recovered. Ah, I struggled with what to say there. Anyways, a 1994 GTR, Skyline was parked in a parking garage and a guy walked by and he's like ooh skyline gtr that's a nice car so i'm gonna go up take a little look at it. and he's like wait a second uh, that license plate next to the location so uh it'll say like uh nagoya is the city where i work and uh it says aichi uh, and there would be some numbers and stuff around that those numbers mean something it's not just random it's not your license plate number it's an indicator about the car the location had a five next to it, which would indicate a small passenger car with 2,000 cc or less engine. The GTR, a significantly more powerful sports car, should have a three. So the person looking at this car looked at the car, and went, mm, "Sexy car. Wait a second. That has a five instead of a three, which is inappropriate because this car clearly has more than 2,000 cc uh, engine." Because it's a sports car. Even if it's from 1994, it's still generating more than 2,000 cc's. So it went to the cop and said, look, look, I don't know what's going on. Uh, either they've put on the wrong plate or this car is stolen. So the cops are like, okay, well, we'll go check it out. So they go and they just hang out the next day. So I don't know how long the stakeout was, but I'm sure it was, you know, shifts. They kind of just hung around the area. Two guys roll up to go get in the car and are immediately arrested because of course the car has been stolen and the plates have been swapped out with a a different stolen car. Um, So if you're going to steal cars, now we're back to giving criminals advice. Learn about license plates because the actual car fan who walked up and checked out your sexy car, first thing he noticed was the license plate was inappropriate for that car and he called the police. So if they had just had a five on it, Guy would have gotten sexy car, walked away, nothing. You would have got away with it scot-free. But because you messed up on the details, if you're going to be a criminal, detail-oriented, important. Now, we are talking vehicular issues. So this is one of my favorite. We've talked about scooting in the past, electric scooting and scooting while drunk. Now. Japan's version of drunk driving requires an engine. So if you have a skateboard or a bicycle or a scooter and you're drunk, it doesn't count. Now bicycles, I still believe there is a criminal code to cover drunk bicycling. But there is no criminal code for drunk scooting without an engine. As soon as you stick an engine on it, you are now culpable for drunk driving. They have noticed a significant rise in drunk scooting. So last year, there was one case total. In the last nine months, it has jumped to 39 cases. So what they think is happening is people are going out and they're drinking, especially people are now, the pandemic is not gone. I keep reading about like, now that the pandemic's finished, the pandemic's gone. No, man, there's still new variants coming out. There's still stuff happening. Do not act as though the pandemic is finished, please, until it's actually finished. Had a conversation yesterday and they were like, when do you think we'll finish? And I was like, I don't. I actually think what we're going to do is have a flu and COVID season. So there's going to be like peaks, sort of just like flu. So like early winter, it's going to peak. We're going to have flu and COVID. I think the benefit if I'm being really honest, is the research that's gone into vaccines, those vaccines will get better and better and better. So in a couple of years, it's not that we're going to be having less COVID, we're going to have better vaccines. And those vaccines scientifically are going to make it so that we are more likely to survive or everything's better. I'm actually scheduled for my fourth vaccine. So I have, I got three vaccines, I got COVID and now I'm going to get another vaccine. I think I'm going to be like, it's what quint, quintuply vaxed, or whatever it's my booster anyways I need it I I really having gotten COVID and it wasn't that big a deal for me I totally chalk up to being vaxxed properly the whole time the couple people I know who got it as well it was way worse so you know just do your best get vaxxed just so you don't suffer as much as you maybe have to or die anyways we're talking about drunk scooting So people miss their last trains. They're out drinking. They miss their last trains. I'm like, ah, I don't want to pay for a taxi to go home. So I get one of these scooters. You just rent the scooter and I'll scoot home. And that's great. Um, But because it has an engine, it is now a vehicle and you are drunk driving. And now when cops see a late night scooter, late night scooting, Uh, They just suspect alcohol is involved and they will pull you over and check you and do a breathalyzer because that is now like probable cause. So if you are in Japan and it's late night and you missed the last train, do not drink and scoot, which I keep saying that because I really enjoy saying that phrase. Do not drink and scoot.